Hi, and welcome to Douglasville Impact, our community podcast. Today, we have a special episode. We are highlighting the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, otherwise known as ADA. Um, so, yeah, welcome. Um, we have some, since it's a very special show, we have three very, very special guests. Uh, first is the uh, city's social media coordinator, Miss Allison Parker. Allison, hello. 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 Hi. And then next we have uh, Ms. Talisha Champagne, the Senior HR Generalist here at the city. Hello, Talisha. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, last but not least, we had a, we have a huge get for this show. Uh, Mr. Chris Bass, the Assistant Parks and Recreation Director for here at the city. Um, he has made the virtual rounds recently, so he's kind of become a local superstar in the virtual world. He, had, uh, he was highlighted last night uh, by the chamber. So, Chris, welcome. Thank you for, for carving some time out for us today. Thanks, Aaron. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Well, let's just jump right into it. So it is the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So that means that it was passed back in 1990. I think I was one in 1990. So it gives you a little date. Um, <laughs> so let's just jump right in with the overview. I think Ms. Talisha has some, some great information. I think it's really important to talk about this because here at the city, we take it very seriously. And it's something that, you know, we definitely want to comply with and go over above and beyond um, its, you know, minimum requirements. So Talisha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Hi again, everybody. Um, I am super excited um, just to be one of the um, panelists here today on our Douglasville Impact um, podcast, just um, to show how the city is highlighting and celebrating um, this year um, the 30th anniversary of our Americans Disability Act. And as you mentioned, um, Aaron, it started off uh, back actually in the late uh, 80s, around 1988. And the bill was, in fact, signed uh, back in 1990. Uh, of course, uh, defined as the Civil Rights Act that definitely provides protection um, for those with disabilities, which will uh, you know, allow them to have these same opportunities as individuals that, that do not have um, a disability. Um, as it relates to how that act has expanded, kind of later on, it expanded to what we call AD. AAA, which is the Americans Disability Amendment um, Act. I um, mean, that act actually provided a little bit more of a broader um, perspective um, as it relates to um, the Americans with Disability Act, which it covers actually a lot um, more uh, uh, disability. So I'm excited today um, to be a part of this podcast, just again, to just kind of highlight some of the things that the city um, is doing from a human resources um, perspective and just how we are um, really uh, showing the importance of our inclusion and our diversity program um, here with the city. I can share with you that from an HR perspective, um, we do a lot of things um, in the recruitment um, area as it relates to just making sure that individuals have the ability to complete applications, go through our um, recruitment and interview process um, with any type of accommodations um, that we can. Um, and in, in, in addition to that, also making sure that, you know, the employees that we currently have um, here at the city 
who may have, uh, you know, a disability, that we have the ability to provide those reasonable accommodations for them to be able to still perform the essential functions of their job, either with or without um, an accommodation. So I'm super excited um, for us being able to to celebrate um, the 30th anniversary. And the actual uh, dates will be this Sunday, which is July 26th, which will actually mark the 30th year. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think you you made a good point there when you said, you know, when you talked about the update a little bit, because they're, I mean, just when you say ADA, people know what that is, you know, like, right. yeah, ADA, I, I've heard that before. You know, right. it's, the, it's the parking spaces out in the parking lot or the, you know, the, the restrooms or whatever, but it does deal with a lot more than just, you know, parking or, you know, kind of getting through places or ramps or you know anything like that so absolutely transportation education just moving around employ you know employer um relations and things like that so um yeah i know uh for the city here you know even just taking a look at our website we did a web website rebuild uh last year and so i didn't even i wasn't even aware that you know like google chrome has a, a special reader that you know helps people with audio or visual impairments to be able to, you know, still interact with our website and it reads, you know, the text on the website to them so they can, you know, feel like, hey, you know, I can, I can do this type of thing. And even something as crazy as even like the photos that we have on website or anything like that, you know, we have to, we have to give them a special descriptive name so the readers can say, hey, this is, you know, the jungle gym at, at Hunter Park or, you know, the Alice J. Hawthorne Center or, or something like that. So they can actually, you know, know what's going on. And I think that's that's huge. Absolutely. Right. So and then, you know, kind of offshooting that we have social media, we have public services that deal with ADA. So, uh, Allison, could you fill us in a little bit on what we have to do in those areas? Absolutely. So from a social media perspective, we really try when we are posting graphics to not include a lot of text on our graphics. The reason for that is because when we include the text in our captions, Google Chrome, Mozilla Firefox, all those internet browsers, they have the um, ability to to translate in a way that makes it easier for those who may be hearing impaired or even those that are sight impaired. But if we place all that information on the graphics, it's hard to have that accessibility. So we use, there's a tool through Facebook that will look at, assess our images and our graphics and tell us if they are too text heavy or if we're kind of in the right spectrum. Another thing is when we, one thing I've tried to start doing is when we post videos, especially videos from the mayor, anything that has someone speaking, and especially if it includes an important message, which we've had to do a lot of during this season, is making sure we're utilizing Facebook's generated captions. And what that does is allow those who are looking at the video, even if it's on mute, to be able to read what's being said. I will say sometimes it becomes a little tough because Facebook is very can be very loose in the captions, but there's a tool where we can go in and review what they have generated and make corrections as necessary. So... so so with that caption, do you do we have to upload like text for that or does it just do it automatically? Great question. Facebook will automatically do it, but there is the, there is an option to upload the text if I see fit. What I have found to be most helpful is to allow Facebook to do it automatically. And then I go in and just make 
adjustments and corrections as needed. Sometimes with our accents or if we're speaking a little fast, Facebook may put a wrong word. And so I'll just kind of go in and make corrections there. But the tool that Facebook has is especially beneficial because it breaks it down per the what you see on screen. So it already, if someone's saying the cat jumped over the fence, it'll have that as they're saying it. Whereas I'm sure if I had to upload them automatically, I'll have to put the breaks in so that it was it would know when to trans when to transition. So it's easy, it's easier to have Facebook do it, and then I just go in and make corrections and edits, especially with the names of some of our buildings. O'Neill Plaza is commonly misspelled. Alice J Hawthorne is commonly misspelled. So. It's misspelled when humans type it too. So, <laughs> so Plaza for me is the, is the <laughs> toughest to write because I don't know if it's spelled with an A or an I or what, but yeah. anyways, I digress. Yeah, so that's from a social media standpoint. Recently, I've had the opportunity to speak with some in our public services department and community development to get an idea of the services that we offer to our citizens. And so I'll transition into that. One thing that I was not aware of is that our public services department, you know, our sanitation department, they offer what's called a backdoor pickup. So if you are a disabled citizen and you it, you are limited in being able to take your garbage cans, recycling bins to the end of the street, um, you can reach out to our public services department and they have a form that you will complete. And well, what it will do is send a crew to your house to come to either, whether it be your garage or your door, wherever it is that you have your uh, waste bins at and they will actually take them to the street empty them for you and then return them back and so we were able to it great program for sure I found out a an interesting way we had a resident that sent us a room for improvement comment through Facebook <laughs> I awarded like that and I understand her frustration she was extremely disappointed in how her refuse collection had been handled and that she was told that she was on a certain list to have backdoor pickup once it came to my attention I reached out immediately to our public services department kudos to Greg Roberts and Melissa Dickinson and then our sanitation supervisor Gerald Zimmerman they hopped on it within an hour Gerald went to the resident's house he emptied her entire garage and then he even um, provided her a few additional resources so if she were to come into contact with that issue again but she immediately removed a comment and sent so many kudos and thank yous and so unfortunately we had to find out that way but we know moving forward how we can tighten up our processes so that other citizens don't have to experience that that's an awesome awesome story yes so that's from our sanitation um, angle we there are also some things that are in the city that residents may or not may or may not be familiar with so I'll just kind of outline a few of those the first one is what's called tactile surface or what I like to refer to as the bumpy dots but when you're on a sidewalk (laughs) so (laughs) which thanks to Aaron because I was not aware of those I thought it was just a I thought it was just a manufacturing type of thing maybe you know like how you have looks or something huh yes aesthetics how you have granite uh, cabinets and countertops I thought this is one of those type of things but there's a meaning behind the bumpy dots or the correct word which is tactile surface so what it is is to let those who are sight impaired know that they are leaving the sidewalk 
headed into vehicular um, traffic. And so it's just a great way for them to know, hey, maybe you need you need to stop here and wait until I guess another ADA compliant feature that we have or that you may see. I know I've seen in the city of Atlanta is when you hit the sidewalk button, you may hear the sound for the sidewalk. Right. Um, being a student at Georgia State, we had a lot of those. And so I recall you would hear the sound when you weren't supposed to walk and then it would, it would change when you were permitted access to walk when the streets were clear. So we have tactile surface here in the city of Douglasville, which lets those who are sight impaired know that they're transitioning into oncoming, into where oncoming traffic could be. So that's one thing that uh, you may be familiar with. Another thing is parking spots. So here in the city of Douglasville, we follow state guidance for ADA, which is under the Department of Justice. And so for every 25 spots, you must have one van accessible spot. And so some, another thing that I was not aware of is just, you know, when you're driving and you're parking, you may see the spots that have the di diagonal white lines. That is not for us who are running into the store really quick and want to leave our car running for five or 10 minutes. What that is, <laughs> that is for citizens who need van accessible spots. And when you see those, they're usually right by a handicapped spot. And what that allows is for the van that's accessible to use their mounting features, which it may be on the side or in the rear. But so if they have someone who's in a handicap or who's in a wheelchair, that they could easily use that ramp in that white diagonal spot to enter and exit without getting in the way of other vehicles. So just something that, you know, all citizens should be mindful of and being considerate of those who do have been accessible vehicles or just those who are handicapped in general. We just want to be mindful of those citizens and be fair to them because they do need a, additional space depending on what they have. And then the last thing that I wanted to mention is that any signage that we have that applies to handicap accessibility is always mounted seven feet high. That is what is uh, dictated to us through the ADA compliance handbook that we follow from uh, state guidance, but just making sure it's always high enough so that all citizens can see it. But we definitely want to stress the handicapped spots. I know sometimes it can be easy to just park there for a few minutes and run inside the store and come back out, but it's unfair to those citizens who, do, who really rely on those parking spots and need them to make their lives a little bit easier. So just want to encourage definitely. our citizens to be kind and to be fair to everyone. I want to be cognizant of it too. You know, mm -hmm. I know it's easy to get in a rush sometimes and man, I just gotta, I gotta go get these eggs real quick. So just let me mm -hmm. park here, run in, but you know, in the five minutes that you're in there, you know, somebody who, who relies on those spaces or, you know, needs it might, uh, might, might be needing to use it. So. Absolutely. And I, I would love to give a kudos again to our public services department and then also community development, Mike Mettler, and then uh, our fire, the county's fire marshal, because they all work very closely together to keep our city ADA compliant for citizens. And I was told that if there are any issues, any concerns that you may have to reach out to the fire marshal and together we'll all work on it to see what we can do to help make the quality of life for all of our citizens easier and better. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I'm sure you could have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I know that we're, you know, there's a lot of changes coming, uh, especially in downtown Douglasville, a lot of new buildings and a lot of buildings re being revamped. So um, I know the building department is definitely on top of making sure that every new building or every building that's going through a 
facelift or a transition is ADA compliant. So I know that's a that's a big deal for us to to maintain and, and ensure that we're, you know, making sure that everyone can access everything that they need. So absolutely. Kind of going into that is we have a lot of changes going out the parks too. So Mr. Bass might be able to let us know how we're being ADA compliant and what are some what are the, some of the special things that we do to include everyone so they can remain active. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, you you just brought up a good point. With um, anytime we have new facilities that are uh, being renovated or, or new facilities that are being built that our planning department um, is making sure that we are ADA compliant. A good example um, is just recently we've renovated Mill Village Park and um, that was one park that before was not ADA compliant, but now that playground is accessible, that um, there's access to get up from the ramps to um, navigate through the park if you're in a wheelchair or whatnot. So definitely we we are um moving to ensure that our facilities and and play spaces are ADA compliant but <clears throat> one of the things that we've done is really be intentional about this ADA is is very important and um for the, for those of you all know that we've we are going through um accreditation and uh, we've been judged on 151 standards and We've just received word back that we passed 150 of those 151. Wow. And, yeah. That's awesome. And, and the, yes. Yeah. And as, as great of an accomplishment that is, um, we're, we're so glad that we passed those 150, but that, that one is the one where we're really concerned with. And honestly, that standard was the um, development of an ADA transition plan where we go in and do a hard audit on all of our facilities, all of our playgrounds, all of our open space and, and bathrooms and, and rec centers, ensuring that they're ADA accessible. So that's something that we are working on now. We have a consultant um, coming in to complete that ADA transition plan for us, just so that we'll be able to have a plan or as to how we'll address ADA going forward. And what this plan will, will, will do for us is help us prioritize our budget to ensure that we are dedicating funds in order to to fix whatever needs to be fixed and to make sure that we are are compliant you know it's if it's um breaking down a sidewalk you know that's something that we might not be able to do immediately but long term that's something that we'll definitely be able to um, budget for so that we can make sure our facilities are ada compliant um another thing i want to mention is through this process we developed our um, ADA grievance policy, and um, this is something that we're very proud of oh, wow. um, for our citizens. So if a citizen comes into um, our, our facility and um, finds that, that something isn't accessible, they can stop by the front desk and fill out this, this, this form for us. And let us know what it is, what 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 challenges uh, are present that's preventing them from having access to our facilities or our play spaces. Um, then we'll set up a one-on-one -on -one with that individual, and we'll kind of talk through the citizens, and, and we'll do research to find out what can be done in the meantime to, to accommodate the citizen, and then something that we can do long-term as well. And even if, let's just say we have an individual who can't fill out this form, we have a face-to-face -face policy as well within this grievance process to where we're going to make sure that we're being intentional, and we're coming out, and we're, we're really listening to the citizens and um, taking a note and adding that information into our um, ADA transition plan as well. 
So that's been our biggest thing with parks. Um, social equity is really big, and I, I'm an advocate for social equity um, and trying to ensure that we are <clears throat> making sure everything is accessible for everyone, regardless of your disability or special need or, or any type of barrier. So this, this ADA transition plan and this ADA audit that we're going through has really helped position us for that to make sure that we're able to serve our citizens. Um, we, we do have some ADA accessible um, play spaces like our um, our um, baseball field that's um, a completely yep. ADA field where we do the League of Stars for individuals with special needs and disabilities. And as we continue to renovate facilities like the Alice Hawthorne uh, Community Center and um, some of our parks, there's an ADA plan that goes into that to make sure that everything is accessible. So um, those are just some of the things that we're doing in parks. Um, we recognize it. You know, we know right now outside of Mill Village, none of our other playgrounds are ADA compliant. Um, but that first step is us recognizing that and figuring out what we can do to ensure that they are so. Yeah, that's I'm glad you brought up the League of Stars and the and the baseball field. When I first came to the city and learned about it, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I mean, it's so unique and something that not every community has the privilege to kind of have, you know, where they live. So yeah. I think, you know, that's a that's a huge thing um, for our community. And I think that's that's really awesome. And I think it's also awesome that you guys um, you know, created the, the document where someone can, you know, let you guys know of an issue or something that they, that they've seen, because as much as we, the city try to be everywhere, we, we kind of can't be. Um, so we rely on, on people and, and their experiences to let us know, um, you know, and, and being able to file a grievance and have a one-on-one, -on -one, I think is, is just a meaningful way to engage with people and really find out, you know, where we can improve because that's all we're trying to do is do the best we can and, and make sure that everyone is included and has accessibility and, you know, is able to just enjoy themselves. So um, I think that's, you know, one of our main things. And, you know, I, I think that's the whole, the whole role of the city is, you know, to be able to, to serve people. So. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, you know, and you all have heard me say this before when I talk about the accreditation process and how our biggest thing has been getting community input um, because right. we serve this, this community. And just last night after the after that call with the chamber, we had our recreation advisory board meeting and we were trying to pull information from them in order to develop our social equity plan. And several of our, our advisory board members say, look, we love the, the current offerings. Um, with programs that you all have from an athletic standpoint, but what about um, Special Olympics? What about um, um, indoor volleyball, beatball, other, you know, expanding beyond the League of Stars because we have so many individuals in this community that do have special needs and disabilities. Right. So we really have to take that into consideration when we develop our programs. Yeah, it's one thing to say someone is, is able to um, participate. Yeah, that equality is great, but from an equity lens, we have to make sure that we're providing the service that's needed. You know, we're removing the barriers for individuals. So this ADA process has really helped us do that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Outstanding point, um, Chris. You guys are doing some great things, uh, you know, over in parks. 
Um, thank you so much, Allison, for highlighting a, a lot of the things that you all are doing in community relations to include, you know, in our public services department. I think this is why, you know, this podcast uh, today is, is so exciting and just, you know, so um, important because, uh, you know, the city does take pride um, in, in making sure that we have um, opportunities for everybody. Um, I love the fact that, you know, here in HR and, and as a city, we don't just kind of operate uh, on an island or as a standalone. We do take, you know, pride in our partnerships with um, the community um, and with other, you know, localities. I know here in HR, we um, just recently partnered with the Chamber of Commerce as it relates to, you know, their diversity, uh, you know, program and just other things that we're doing, uh, you know, here collectively. Um, and, and the pride that we take as it relates to making sure that our policies and things of that nature are up to date uh, and compliant um, as it relates to to our laws. And it's, it's really good and exciting um, to, to really be able to know and really be able to see um, where we've come from since the, the late 80s and where we where we are right now um, here um, um, in 2020. Um, where you have individuals where we're all unique, we all have different backgrounds, um, but it's so exciting to be able to know that you can either walk into a facility in parks or look at services, uh, you know, with public services or as it relates to the recruitment or the hiring process and not be perceived as someone with a disability, but be looked at as an individual that's an individual. Um, and have the exact same opportunities as someone that does not have, um, you know, disabilities. So that's so exciting. And I hope that, you know, our viewers, the one big thing um, that they would see is when you're talking about the ADA, it's really just about creating our um, or increasing our awareness um, of, 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 of everybody and just making sure that we're treating, you know, everyone fairly. Um, and equally, and, and I'm excited to, you know, to be a part of, of human resources, and I'm excited that we're doing this podcast today to really highlight um, just some of the wonderful things that the city is doing, and um, even though we've, we've come, uh, you know, afar, um, of course, we still have things that we would love to do just to take us a step further and just to put us on a, a different edge um, as it relates to, to this particular act, so Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you, Talisha. Yeah, I, I agree 110%. I, you know, I, I would encourage our listeners or viewers to check out ADA online. You know, Sunday's, Sunday's the actual 30th anniversary, right? So figure out a way that you can celebrate or bring awareness. It, just a little share on your own social media page or something like that just to kind of help bring awareness to it. I think that would be a, a great way to celebrate um, ADA's 30th anniversary. So um, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us. Allison, Talisha, Chris, thank you so much for taking part of this special edition, the special episode. And thank you to all of our viewers. Um, if you have any feedback for us, the city, don't hesitate to um, send an email or, you know, give us some feedback on social media or, you know, check out our, our website, DouglasvilleGA.gov. Um, and all everyone's contact information is there. We'll probably put contact information in the show notes. So just we're so appreciative. And I also want to thank Jason for letting Jason Post, our normal host, for letting me sit in his seat. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been a privilege to sit in a nicely lit area when usually I'm 
I'm in the corner, my dark corner in the back over there. So it's been good. So I've, I've had fun. I hope you all have had fun too. So um, make sure to tune in to our next episode. It'll be coming out soon. And thank you, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>